Anyone claiming that America's economy is in decline is peddling fiction. I've abandoned free market principles to save the free market system. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Raising the debt ceiling does not increase our debt. It does not somehow promote profligacy. I know words. I have the best words. Nobody knows the system better than me, which is why I alone can fix it. All right, all right. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to your favorite libertarian podcast, Peddling Fiction. I, of course, am your host, the voice and soul of so-called fiction, Johnny Profita, broadcasting once again from the brand new and improved Cinco Bueno Studios. I got new Wi-Fi. I got a new background. I've been getting some sun, so it feels good. And back with me is, of course, our resident hillbilly boy, Justin Campbell. What's going on, man? Not much. I'm feeling kind of jealous. I, I might have to set up my own virtual background, especially <laughs> especially this time of day when the, I still haven't figured out how I want to set this room up. And right now, this is like the best I've got <laughs> until, yeah. I, until I really get like settled in and move stuff around. Yeah, this is by far from optimal, but I think it's an improvement over what I had before. So um, one of these days, maybe later this year, I'll have uh, a better setup going, even better green screen. We'll see how that goes. Need some better lighting, all the shit, all all the stuff that I have in Chicago, I got to bring down somehow to Mexico and avoid paying like ridiculous taxes on it, which speaking of, Happy tax day. Happy theft day. It is April 15th. If you guys are listening to this today, you should probably pause the show and get your taxes done so they don't throw you in a fucking cage. Um, Even though we're told that it's the the price we live, uh, the price we pay to live in a civilized society. I saw I got into it with somebody on Twitter with that one, which is just so classic because I literally just right before I scrolled down to that was a bit like a two minute video of this cop literally executing somebody in the back of the head, like great. Like just, he climbed on top of him, pulled out his gun, shot him in the back of the head. Now there's a lot of video before that. And I don't really want to get into that, but I was like, Oh, this, is this the civil, the civilized society you're talking about where people are just getting executed. Right. Anytime you point out the fact that the, all of the police violence is funded by us paying these taxes to live in a civilized society and uh, you realize that's what your tax dollars are going towards yeah. or like the uh, what was it? The uh, lieutenant governor in New York, they got they got arrested for all kinds of like money laundering and mm-hmm. whatever. Like, yeah, th- these are the people that our tax dollars are going to. Uh, is this really a good investment of our money? Well, and then the other thing that we're going to talk about today is the whole Elon Musk Twitter purchase thing. And you see all of these, these just like really low IQ people be like, You know, he could be he has enough money to solve world hunger and homelessness, but he's buying Twitter. He can fix the roads. I'm like, if you really think three hundred billion dollars or whatever his on paper net worth is something in that um, was like was enough to solve hunger and homelessness, not even just in the world, just in the U.S., 
then where'd the other six point seven trillion dollars that they 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 spent last year go? And why are we why are we paying so much in taxes if all we need is a couple hundred billion? Right, like you're so concerned about Elon Musk spending thirty billion or whatever it was, or uh, forty spending yeah, like forty billion 40. to to buy Twitter. Um, the federal government will spend that this week. Oh yeah, that's a rounding error. That is a rounding error for them. So it, right, so like if if it's such a big deal that he's going to spend that to buy Twitter, why hasn't the government fixed literally everything? The roads. I got into it with another, and these are all people running for some shit office. And one was in Washington, the other was like in Wisconsin. He's running on roads, like funding roads, like that's his big thing, and schools. What have we been doing so far? <laughs> like, if only there was a politician that came up with the idea of funding roads and schools. We've thrown $30 trillion into all of these projects. And we got nothing to show for it. The school systems are unusable. The roads are unusable. They're under construction all the time. People have to fill in their own potholes. We got dominoes filling in potholes. <laughs> How much longer can this go on, this track record of just... I mean, like the amount I pay in taxes and believe me, I am far from a billionaire or even a millionaire, but they're taking a nice big fucking chunk from me. And yeah, I mean, I'm not even in the country, so I don't use any of this shit. So um, I, I, I just imagine if you had 25 to 35% of your money all year round, like the cost of, you know, even when you do your, your tax that you fill out your taxes and you get a ta you get money back, which people all get all excited about. All that really means is that they stole more from you than they you you were supposed they were supposed to, and you gave them an interest free loan for a year. That must be nice to be able to just take people's money and and use it for a year and then give a little bit of it back. Um, but even if that's the case, I mean, like. Imagine if you just had your tax return all year and you were able to invest it in something. I mean, even if you just threw it into the, the stock market and it got lucky, maybe you bought some Tesla or something and you turned, you know, your $2,500 refund into like 12 grand or something. And maybe you lost it. Okay. But like, um, there, there's just, there's a lot of, um, you know, the, the time value that you're losing there, like the opportunity cost is what the, the term I was looking for and the opportunity of cost of all of this money that we're paying into these Ponzi schemes, social security, Medicare, Medicaid, uh, you know, people don't realize, you know, you, it's like tens of thousands of dollars every year for your life in perpetuity and the opportunity of cost of, you know, somebody like me who actually kind of knows how to invest in certain things sometimes Sometimes I lose my shirt, but I mean, like, imagine if you were to just give that to a qualified professional and they were able to get you a return for over 40 years, get you five, 6% a year. Like that's not unheard of. It's going to be so much more valuable than depending on this government to give you social security. If it still exists, uh, you know, 40 years from now. Oh, there's so much wrong with it. It just drives me fucking crazy. Well, and like the thing that, the thing that really uh, sticks in my crawl and my wife's like whenever we come around to this time of year, people are starting to get their tax returns and like they're the, uh, they're the 
two-week millionaires. They've got all of this big tax return coming back. And so all of a sudden there's vacations and all of this stuff going on. It's like, um, what is wrong with you people? That's like, or how many, how many people like, and I get it. Uh, I I get that this is a large amount of, you know, I mean, for me, it's 27% of roughly is what I get. uh, I get dinged on per paycheck typically. Um, which I mean, it's fucking insane. Like that's yeah. that's a lot of money over the course of the year. And so, like, I get it for like for some people, they they legitimately rely on their tax return to be able to just keep themselves afloat. Yeah. Like, so if we want to talk about like uh, I don't know solving poverty, maybe what? let people not have to uh, forfeit. Yeah. A quarter of their fucking income? Yeah, let them keep their money. Well, let's start there and then see where the problems lie and what we need to do. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. You're, you're talking like even somebody who's making like, you know, 50, 60 grand a year, they're taking 20 grand from you. They're, they're just taking it. Like, imagine if you just had an extra 20 grand every year. Um, we, we wouldn't need nearly as all of these programs that they have that have just been abject failures by any measure, all of them. And it's just, it's so fucking the, the thing that really got me uh, this time, which it gets me every time I just keep forgetting is that when you use the, uh, the tax prep software, whatever you used, I think I used TurboTax this year. I did use TurboTax. They charge you sales tax on it. So it's like, you're paying taxes to use the tax prep software so that you can pay your taxes. And it's like, Jesus, it's like in tax inception or something. Unbelievable. <laughs> it's petty motherfuckers. 12 extra dollars for fucking tax software. Go I've ahead. had an accountant since I was, um, since I was a kid working yeah. on a farm and stuff. So I've, I have never done my own taxes and I have no interest in it. If it ever came down to, I have to do my own taxes. They're just not getting done. And if they want to come after me for like, I don't know, I'm getting all together like $800 back between the state and the federal. Like we, we run ours pretty, we run ours pretty tight. I, uh, that's, it's entirely whatever my wife pays in because I, I, uh, fudge all my paperwork. And so nothing, they don't actually take anything from me typically. Yeah. Good for (laughs) Um, you. I mean, it's, it, you know, we run that risk that there is a uh, something squirrely with it and we end up having to pay in, but I'm not doing that either. Yeah. Well, I think the, the best knock on wood, right. The vast majority of uh, audits are people that are making, you know, millions of dollars a year. They don't usually come after the, the little guy unless it's like blatant, like, like, you know, you can get, you can probably get away with a little bit here and there fudging some numbers. But that's the fear campaign that they've they've yeah. lobbied on people. Like everybody is terrified that they're going to get audited and they're going to get taken to jail over five hundred dollars. Uh, which right, and I, know, I wouldn't put it past the federal government to do oh, that. No. They come after you for much. They'll they'll choke you out for a Lucy cigarette, man. <laughs> like they don't give a fuck. <laughs> so like, yeah. I don't. I wouldn't put it past them to do that. But I, like I don't feel like the the. 99% are who they're yeah. really if, well if they had about. their yeah if they had the resources to do it they absolutely would which is why like this shit that Elizabeth Warren talks about where it's like yeah we need to get like another 
$10 billion to the IRS. They can hire people to go after these billionaires. Like, dude, they are not going to be going after. There's How many billionaires are there? It's like 25. Okay. It's like, that doesn't take that many IRS agents to go through that. Um, they're trying to come after everybody else. And, and it's because they're fucking broke because they've spent way too much fucking money and they have absolutely nothing, nothing to show for it. And uh, it, man, the, the hole that they have dug themselves, and that I guess we've dug ourselves because we've elected all of these fucking people, 30 trillion inflation running amok. Um, deficits as far as the eye can see, trillion dollar deficits. Like th- this is this financial situation we're in is so bad that to to have anybody it, like just a politician come up there and talk about spending money or a budget or like this committee or that committee or we should do that. Like it is, it should be laughable, and, and the idea that they get so much control but they can't do the the most basic thing can't. Can't make a budget, can't stick to a budget, but we're going to give them like, you know, control over the nuclear arms and all of the foreign policy and all this other stuff. It's like, dude, you guys can't do what the average household does on on an annual basis. Like you, you can't even just like live within your means. You can't balance a budget. You can't not spend a trillion dollars more than you're supposed to. You can't get stuff done on time. Like the most basic rudimentary functions of government, they fail miserably at. And then they get up there and they talk about all these grandiose plans that they have for the next four years, rid the world of tyranny and democracy and all this other shit. It's like, dude, you guys can't do anything. How about you just go back to like the the eight things you're allowed to do and see if you can handle that before you take on ridding the world of all this other stuff. Exactly. It it really is just a pathetic track record and like why it doesn't dawn on people, like more people, just how bad they are at this. And, you know, it's, it's, it's because there's no consequences and they can just keep getting away with it and blaming somebody else or, you know, go, going after Elon Musk, that's, you know, watching the, the establishment free, you know, they're, they're sick in the SEC on him and the DOJ now. Um, they're, they're coming after him because he's threatening to allow people to speak their mind on a tech platform. Like the, the mainstream uh, corporate press is coming after him and the government is coming after him now because that, that's like how much, how, how much they fear what he's trying to do. Horror of horrors, they allow people to exercise their First Amendment rights. Yeah, and it's just like there's so much to kind of – it's so revealing on a number of levels. Like the, the the Twitter employees that are melting down because he's – you know, could be buying uh, Twitter and taking over. It's like, well, what – like what is this company? What are they supposed to be doing? You know, what's their goal here? Because if you're freaking out that you know Elon Musk is going to be in charge and he's going to like allow people to use Twitter, clearly, if they're freaking out about that, their goal is not to have people use Twitter. It's to censor people that they disagree with. Otherwise, why would they be freaking out so much? I mean, the stock price shot up like, I, I don't know, 20% or something. It was a big move as soon as he talked about buying it, right? it's come off those lows now, but like, if I was a Twitter employee, I, that would be good. Right. <laughs> like I'd feel pretty, you would think. 
you would think but you know the the fact the very fact that they're all sort of freaking out about that it reveals that what that company is really all about and then of course you have the the reaction of like the brian stelters of the world and uh, i don't know if we have any i don't think i lined up any sound from him but it, it's pretty interesting to watch the the corporate press who's lost complete influence in this in this arena freak out over him trying to you know bring honesty and uh openness transparency to twitter and now we've got we've got the vanguard group and then the poison pill (laughs) yeah okay so different measures that are and i we can talk uh like i think we could go more in depth on the vanguard group Uh, i mean you could probably explain the poison pill a little bit better because i don't really i don't really understand how that uh how that works technically like the vanguard group seems to be there there are speculations that they're jumping in as a investment out or anything like that strategy so who knows what's going on with that Uh, but vanguard is not great (laughs) they're definitely uh they're definitely uh, not the people you want running twitter Let's start start with the Vanguard stuff. So let's let's break that down for everybody because that's a uh, is that the newest development? I think it. Yeah, yeah. As of uh, so, I, was, I started seeing it overnight last night uh, that the Vanguard Group had in, uh, increased its investments and were up to ten point three percent, overtaking Elon as the top shareholder for Twitter. And. And they're doing that specifically so that he can't have any influence over over decision making or see it's not clear. <clears throat> Some of what I was reading from different sources was saying that this is a an investment move on uh, Vanguard's part that they're increasing their stock holdings so that when Elon does buy out Twitter, they have they have a higher stake in Twitter so they uh it'll increase the amount of money that they stand to gain through Elon's taking over of Twitter. And plus, I mean, like the Vanguard group is it's a huge trading firm. It's a uh mutual funds and and stuff like that. Like they're not it's not like a uh an individual who's gonna go take a board seat or something. So so it does seem like it would make sense that it could be just a investment move but at the same time like vanguard is one of those um vanguard is one of those big funds that's deep in the pockets of the federal government and so whenever you know whenever they roll out stimuluses and send money out to all of their buddies on wall street to to start turning money over like they're one of them that gets the money so so there is definitely some uh governmental influence that that may be looming over vanguard but it seems like like that seems incredibly transparent uh like for the federal government to have some huge trade uh some huge fund like go buy up twitter to keep elon out i I don't know i don't know how much sense that makes but then at the same time i mean you see stuff like uh, blackrock buying up properties and and I've also heard rumblings that BlackRock is in the uh, developmental stages or maybe even further along 
in the game than that of doing a similar thing and increasing their holdings in Twitter as well. So, I mean, this the whole thing could be uh, trying to box him out, which, I mean, if that's the case, uh, like what Elon will probably do, and there's been speculation on this as well, is that as all of these funds come in and like buy up stock and run the price of Twitter way up, then he'll turn around and dump all of his shares, tank the thing and take all of his gains and say, fuck it. So, I mean, who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Well, so the thing with Vanguard is like, you basically going back to the whole tax code thing and, and this sort of this ancient structure we have for our lives where you, you get a job out of college and you work for 40 years and you, you put money into your 401k and then you retire and you live off of that and social security. Uh, Yeah. Vanguard, basically like the government forces people into a Vanguard fund, like your 401k. I bet you most of the people listening to this, if you have one, it's through Vanguard. Um, they have a lot of these huge retirement plans, these retirement funds where it's like, that's where the government basically funnels uh, probably another 20% of your income or something like that. I mean, it depends on, uh, you know, different employers have packages where they'll match what you put in. You know, if you put in 10%, they'll match it up to 10% or something like that. And so people max that out and you get your pre-tax dollars and you throw it into the market and you, you give to Vanguard and they throw it into the market basically. And, and that's how they're making all this money. So it would make sense to me that they would use something like that, you know, go through one of these financial institutions that they have kind of by the balls be like, yeah, we could, you know, we could change this whole thing around and, and make you, what you're doing basically obsolete if we really wanted to. Uh, unless you want to go take a take a, a a substantial position in Twitter, yeah, it's 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 very fucking interesting to watch this happen. And I, I mean, I am definitely pulling for for Elon Musk to buy this thing. I don't, I don't know, I don't know where he, where he's going to get like forty six billion dollars from. Like, I don't think he has that kind of money just like sitting around. So he'd have to sell Tesla, I guess. I mean, like. All of these billionaires, people just think that they have like billions of dollars sitting in their Chase account or something like that. They don't. Okay. It's all on paper. It's all just this bloated stock market bubble that's made him allegedly the richest man in the world. But it's all just based on the valuations of these overpriced stocks. So until he actually sells that stuff, he doesn't have $300 billion. You, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm putting my condo on the market. It's like they, they can, I can have an appraiser come and tell me it's worth 500 grand, but until somebody actually buys it for that, it's, it could be worth half of that. I don't know what it's worth until you actually sell it. Well, so that was like uh, Robert Reich was talking about how he, how Elon made all of this, made all of this money on not filing his disclosures. I think we talked about it on yeah, earlier, but you know, he didn't make anything. It was, it's all paper. It's like, it's all out in the ether. Like it's, uh, it's imaginary money at this point. And you know, the, the stock could turn and crash. And then what, then he, you're not like Robert Reich isn't going to write a piece, uh, bemoaning how terrible it is that Elon lost his ass if it, if it tanks. So yeah. Yeah. Or it's like, yeah. Talk to anybody that was heavily invested before the dot-com bubble burst or talk to anybody about their 401ks 
pre 2008 where they got chopped in half basically um these are these paper games or anybody right now with with huge gains of the you haven't taken any profits you might want to take a look at that because we've had quite the run-up in in the stock market since the the march uh, march lows of 2020 even and even just talk to me about the investments i've made over the last year and (laughs) uh i uh I rolled the dice and invested not a whole lot of money, maybe five, six hundred bucks all all told between the different trading sites that I was using uh, on uh, cannabis and the and tech companies that were doing like vaccine passport type stuff. Because if if the vaccine passport was going to become a requirement, uh, I was going to make money off of it. Cause I'm that uh, like, I'm that type of a libertarian. So um, yeah, none of that Your stuff. Pan- was pig. <laughs> is, that is exactly what I am. Uh, so none of that stuff panned out, like literally none of it, a hundred percent failure across the board. All of my trading accounts combined are currently worth about 80 bucks. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just like, I'm just sitting on these like dead stocks. Like, uh, Maybe it'll go back to even one day. I don't. It it won't. It won't. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Just uh, take them. Take your losses in a year when you have some gains, so you can offset the fucking capital gains that you'd actually have to pay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I had some of that this year too, and uh, this past year. It, it just you know th- these markets are fucking insane. There there's no. There's no, you know, rational investing when you have this, this type of monetary policy, uh, you know, 0% interest rates, pumping trillions of dollars. And, you know, I, when everything went to shit back in March of like 2020, I loaded up on all kinds of things that were a unfairly beaten up, but like also things that like I would never invest in to begin with like fucking cruise lines and like i'm not buying carnival cruise and absent that this fucking event or like the airlines pre-bail like as soon as i I was like oh these they're getting a bailout i'll I'll load up on fucking delta stock and shit like that um that that stuff worked out but um i can't say it's like a good use of the money because i would have used the money for other things uh, you, you know, and we're instead we're using it to bail out failing companies. And I don't know, the, the whole thing is the whole thing's a goddamn mess. But the back to the Twitter thing, the um, I, the, the poison pill, I, I haven't read that much about it. I, I just know it's like some tactic that the shareholders use where I think they like they dilute um, what their shares are worth. And so elon share like they acquire more shares at a lower price and so that dilutes elon's um holdings and he has to end up paying more to uh to try to acquire it um and how does that work like there was all the i like i there there was all the uh being pissed off because he was getting x or making all of this money because he delayed his reporting of of his uh, shareholder or the amount of shares that he had in the company. And so he was able to buy at a lower price. Like, how is that not a bad thing when they do it? 
<laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, there, there's a lot of just mental gymnastics that these people are going through right now. And just a lot of hypocrisy on full display. People that are like, oh God, this billionaire is going to have control of like this media site. And it's just like, okay, but who do you think's in control of all this other stuff? Oh yeah. The best one I've seen is like the, the, uh, the one, the, uh, defiant L's that posts like the liberals posting some, like something bad shit. And then, uh, a couple years or a couple months, or even sometimes a couple hours later posting something that's like the complete polar opposite, uh, in the other direction. And it was the one that they were, I can't remember who it was praising Jeff Bezos buying, uh, what is it? The Washington post. Yeah. Yeah. Bezos buying a newspaper and then bemoaning, Elon Musk trying to buy Twitter. <laughs> right. And then they'll be like, well, he didn't like say that he was trying to fundamentally change what the newspaper was when he bought it. Blah, blah, blah. That's because like, the newspaper was trash when he bought it. Like he was just, right. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, they don't have to fundamentally change anything. They're the ones running the game. Any like MSNBC, Fox News, uh, AB, they're all fucking controlled by, if not like multimillionaires, billionaires. And yeah, when Bezos buying a newspaper, like, why do you think he bought a newspaper in this day and age? When did he buy it, like, five or six years ago or something? Yeah, it's been a few years ago. Well, but that I was, like, when was... when all the, uh, when there started to be stuff that was coming out about Amazon going to take their employees to $15 an hour, and it's coming out in the Washington Post. It's like, look. Yeah, he's if, not buying. If, he, if, if the Bezos newspaper is talking about $15 an hour for Amazon employees being a good thing. This is their way of manipulating the market in some way to effectively to wreck his competition. Like is this is only a good thing insofar as it serves the purposes of Jeff Bezos and Amazon. Like absolutely. You, yeah. big, people big have to be like, a little bit smarter. Yeah. Big business loves those types of regulations because they can absorb it. He can absorb $15 an hour. Uh, you know, the mom and pop store competing with him probably can't. So yeah, he's fine with that. And, you know, he's not buying a newspaper in 2017 or whenever it was for as like some investment opportunity. You know, this is a dying business. Newspapers are going by the wayside. Nobody's buying newspapers anymore unless you're going into an office building or something like that. They have them out, which would be interesting to see the numbers now after COVID because nobody's going into their offices anymore, but you know, it's like he's investing in like the Gutenberg printing press in 2017. Like this is an antiquated thing model. That's not making any money. It's a dying business. Why is he doing that? Hey guys, today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Lorenzotti coffee. You know them well by now. They are our oldest and longest running sponsor. We love these guys. We love their premium Italian coffee that they deliver right to your door. So do yourself a favor. Get your mornings started right with the taste of freedom. Go to lorenzotti.coffee and use promo code FICTION so they know I sent you. And you'll get 10% off your order. That's Lorenzotti, L-O-R-E as in Edward, N is in Nancy, Z as in Zebra, O-T-T-I dot coffee, promo code FICTION. Get all of your coffee and coffee supplies from these guys. And not only are they fans of the show, but they've gone above and beyond the call of duty 
as a sponsor. So go order some coffee, order an espresso machine, get a coffee grinder, do it all at lorenzotti.coffee, promo code fiction. All right. And I will say, I have enjoyed my Washington Post subscription this year. Uh, back in January, they ran a $9 for a, the full year subscription. It's like, okay, like the Washington Post actually does post articles that I would not necessarily agree with, but that uh, they have good opinion pieces and stuff that you can get like the complete shit lib take on and like break that down. So that's more what I use it for than anything. And I have enjoyed my, my $9 annual subscription, but like nothing that they report on has any value. It's, it's, it's all trash, but it's like, it's trash that I can use uh, practically for doing stuff like this. Yeah. Yeah, but it's it's so it's so funny to watch them just sort of jump from villain to vi- like billionaire villain to billionaire. Like Bezos used to be the guy that you hate, and then it was like Joe Rogan for a while. Like he was the the worst thing ever when he was like really cutting into the the corporate presses. Um, I don't know profits or viewership, whatever you want to call it. And now Elon and Twitter, like nobody cares about Joe Rogan anymore. Now it's like the evil Elon. And again, I made this point, like most of these people that are upset about him buying Twitter are driving around in Teslas. Karen well, Fox. I mean, how impressive is it that Bezos was like the enemy just a few years ago? And now, like none of the shit libs care about him at all. He's yeah. he, he's not he's not even on their radar anymore. Yeah. And And Elon was their savior because Tesla and the electric car. And now he is literally. Hitler or after Twitter. Yeah. And it's just like, all he wants to do is bring Twitter back to like 2014 or 2015. It's like, what are they so afraid of? I I still don't get it. Other than like, there's going to be people on Twitter that they don't want to talk to and they don't want to hear from. Like there's a mute thing, right? I've never muted anybody, but I know you can do it. So like, what, like, what are you so afraid of? Why are you so afraid of having maybe your ideas challenged? And the crazy thing is none of the people that they don't want to talk to or hear from want to talk to or hear from them either. No, probably not. They just want to make fun of, you know, they'll, I, I saw they banned uh, the libs of TikTok or whatever for a while. I think they reinstated them since, but it's like, yeah, they just don't want their like ridiculousness on full display. And so told- that was like, that was the most insane thing ever is the banning of defiant L's and libs of tiktok they they literally don't post original content it is nothing more than like defiant l's they take a tweet and another tweet and they post them on the same and they like put them together and make a post out of it there it's not original content the libs of tiktok it is just taking tiktok like ridiculous tiktok videos from these leftist psychopaths and reposting it to a to agree, like there's nothing original how can you possibly ban any of these accounts without going back and banning yeah. everybody that they've you can't make our ideology look stupid which is basically right. that you know they hide behind all these buzzwords you know uh hate and and threatening language and uh racism and white supremacy but it, it really when you get down to it it's like you're making us look stupid you're 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 highlighting all the holes in our retarded ideology and 
we can't, you know, we can't win the argument. We can't beat you, in, you know, intellectually. So we're just going to block you. And and Elon's threatening to undo all that. I guess it, you know, it's like an inherent threat, right, or an implied threat. Um, and that's just that's sending them up the wall. It's like Trump being elected again or something. It's so goddamn fucking funny to watch. Yeah, it has been highly entertaining just to to see how they've responded to all this. Like, did you did you read any of the articles on? why elon musk buying twitter would actually be a threat to democracy and free speech i i, I just i saw plenty of headlines but i couldn't bring myself to actually open it because i i feel like i drink enough that i'm getting stupid i'm getting stupider on my own without you know subjecting myself to that yeah no i i did not um i don't think i read any i, I would read some of the comments about it but most of the comments were like jesus this is in they weren't from like really right-wing people or libertarians or anything like that they were like even like you know a lefty people were just like all right this is like even for us this is really really this <laughs> is like wow wow man uh yeah it's oh god and well the, that was the other thing about that that stelter clip that we didn't get to play last uh on tuesday because we ran out of time but it was like you know the democracy dying or something like what destroys democracy or it, democracy kills itself it never survives like it's it's baked into that cake it it cannot survive and we're just sort of in the last throes of it and so we're like oh this is destroying democracy and this is destroying. <laughs> it's like no, no no democracy always fucking fails it's it's you know it's built into how how that how it's structured and uh, i mean an average democracy historically they only last about 250 years or so. And uh, the bicentennial was in 1976. So, yeah, not, you know, I'm not saying that the United States is going to crumble and end in four years, but I'm also not going to be terribly surprised. <laughs> yeah, man, we have a very, you know, small view of history, like a very, we're short sighted Americans. We think, you know, history was like 20 years ago uh, and the you know going off of hard money and into this fiat system and in, in 1971 i i think that was sort of the uh that's when you start the clock be like all right how long can this fucking experiment work where politicians can just vote themselves anything they want any salary increase they want any spending bill they want they can promise all sorts of ridiculous spending to, to the American people and the American people can vote themselves free money. Okay. The, we're on borrowed time now. Well, I mean, that was the fall of the Roman empire. So I've been saying this since I was like a junior in high school, the, the UN, the, the United States is the, the retelling of the Roman empire. And like, that's where you saw Rome start to collapse was, they were consistently spread too thin, too like too many irons and too many fires, fighting constant wars everywhere. Uh, and then and then they were also just like making money out of nothing. Like their their currency had no value. So like everything that you saw in the last you know fifty to seventy years of the Roman Empire in 
in its death throes. That's what we're living through right now. Like, I don't understand how, you know, the the dumbass saying uh, those who don't learn from history are doomed to repeat it. Well, I, we don't learn shit as a society. So here we are like hitting the repeat on, on history. Yeah. I, yeah. And they, uh, the politicians were doing the same thing back then. It was the bread and circuses. It was, you know, have people come to these gladiator shows and hand out free bread and shit and just keep them fucking occupied for as long as possible. And hopefully like I can get out of Dodge before, this this house of cards comes crumbling down. I remember I was in like a history class in college and the, the, the teacher asked like the question, like, why should we study history or something? And somebody said that and he was like disagreeing with it. It's like, no, that's not. I forget what his answer was because this is like, I don't know, 12 years ago. But I always thought it was funny. I was like, that's not a bad reason to study history, to learn from it, <laughs> like, to not make the same mistake again. And he was like, no, that's not why we do it. It's <laughs> like, all right. The professor was said that. Yeah. Yeah. He was like, he was like, that used to be, it was some weird answer. God, I wish I could remember it now. I just, I didn't think the education, the educational system in this country has just been an abject failure. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. People get uh, dumber and uh, elect dumber and dumber politicians. It's, it, it, it's just part of the decay and it's all around us now and you can't avoid it. It's just, it's everywhere. And I, I think that's maybe part of the reason why people get like so upset now because this, you know, democracy, this, they're watching this God, the God that failed. Um, they're watching the God fail in front of them and their whole like religion that this religion of the state is just deteriorating right in front of their eyes and they don't want to admit it. You know, they can't come to terms with that. Uh, uh, what shit. else? Uh-oh. Oh, I, I was going to add something to that and then I lost it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I hate it when that happens. Dog, well, the, the dogs are keep running through uh, distracting me. Yeah, that's it's so it, 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 it's unbelievable how distracting it is to have just like something going on, just somebody walking by um, your, your train of thought is it's very fickle, very fickle thing, at least for me. Maybe we need Adderall. I can bring a bunch of bring back a bunch of Adderall. Oh, my God. Could you imagine what this episode would be like if me and you both like popped an Adderall 20 minutes before we started recording? It would be four hours long and just like a constant stream of like over the top consciousness. And uh, like that might be the the most downloaded show you ever had. It would be like Joe Rogan level. I shit. did I did do one on Ritalin, Mexican Ritalin with Robbie the Fire at, at the Cellulita Super Spreader. <laughs> That's what you guys missed out on. Um, yeah, that was like at the end of the night. That was like after his stand up. So like picture a full day i was like i started at like 10 a.m and this is now it's like 10 30 or something and he's he's done with his stand-up and we're doing like a follow-up show i've been drinking for like five or six hours probably smoked some weed i don't remember and then took some ritalin it was fun it was a good time we're gonna do it again we're gonna do another cellulita super spreader i talked with uh mark claire he is in and it's going to be in December again. I, I don't know the dates yet. I feel like somebody had a conflict with those dates in the, the last Friday night happy hour, which we're also doing that tonight. 
It is, it's about three o'clock now, just after three o'clock. We're going to go at 7.30 p.m. Central Standard Time tonight. It'll be the first one in a while back in Cinco Buenos. We had a really nice sunset yesterday. I actually took a couple pictures of it because it was that good. I usually don't do that because I have like a million sunset pictures after all these years, but yeah, we're going to do the Sayuli Super Spreader again in December. So block off at least four days for that. I would do a week if I were you. And I'll say you'll have to let me know when when we're going to do it because literally all of December I am on my weekend rotation. So I'll just have to take vacation for that. But okay. but yeah. that, that actually works out even better because with my uh, wacky schedule, I work four days and then I'm off four days. So if I take if I take the four day block off, then I'll actually have 12 straight days that I'm off. So I'll just come camp out, just come camp out in Mexico for two weeks. There you go. It goes by fast, man. 12 <laughs> days is like the minimum for me. I wouldn't come down here for less than that. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be sometime in December, but yeah, I'm going to start working on that probably next month or so over the next month, figuring out the venue figuring out the dates and all that stuff. And then we're going to start promoting it officially in June, around June. So should give us about six months, which is about twice what I had doing it the first time by myself. So hopefully it'll uh, take some of the pressure off of me, but yeah, I, I think everybody had a really good time. I don't think they were just blowing smoke up my ass. So uh, yeah, I don't know. That's all I got for today. You got anything else? I forget. Uh, no, not really. Nothing, nothing off the top of my head. I mean, there's still stuff going on in Ukraine, but nothing's really changed with any of that. Yeah, um, nothing it. that's. That's why. That's why the Twitter, Elon, and some of this other stuff is getting ramped up so much. Is because like people have kind of tired of the Ukrainian narrative. Like nothing's happening. So, uh, and especially as more stuff is coming out that there, like. For anybody who knows what's going on in that part of the world and has paid attention for the last six, eight years, like you knew that there was a lot of corruption and a lot of really bad shit going on in Ukraine and that a lot of the narrative wasn't right. But then like more and more of that stuff has been coming out and like being made public and, and like not even not even in ways that they can refute it and spin it and try to make it out to be something else. Like it's just straight up you're seeing the uh, how bad it is and you're seeing a lot of like what's legitimately going on in ukraine and the way the propaganda machine is driving the whole thing and people are just starting to get tired of it it's like it's it's too much uh so so now they got to find a they've got to find the next pivot and the next thing to be outraged about and the next thing to i i just want to know because we've had we had masks in the in the you know masks in your uh username and now we've got ukrainian flag in your username like what's the next icon that they're going to tag in there oh man yeah well speaking of masks i saw that we, we kind of talked about it before the the show started that they extended the mask mandate for airplanes until may 3rd and now now fauci is backpedaling once again on you being able to do your own individual assessment Apparently that doesn't apply for flying. Flying, you don't get it. Get to make any individual choices. We get a federal mandate, and they extended it another, yeah, like another fifteen days or something. Like that's going to be. So it's been two years. 
another 15 days ought to do it, right? unbelievable but uh yeah i don't know i guess we can keep it uh, a little short and sweet on this friday afternoon it's good friday and what a good friday it is you got any uh easter plans or anything like that we don't have kids this weekend so we're uh our weekend plans consist of we're probably gonna work on gutting and doing some demo on the house that we're we're remodeling i uh i took all the drops that they I have no idea why, uh, but some point in like the 60s or 70s, they put drop ceilings in this house. And also they like covered up all the walls with like 17 layers of wallpaper and some paneling and shit. Uh, so like over the weekend, I took all the drop ceilings out. And so instead of having these like low seven foot ceilings, we actually have like eight and a half pushing nine foot tall ceilings, like nice. And, and they're nice. Uh, and then like I peeled some of the stuff off the wall and like the, it's this really nice wood planks underneath it. Like it's going to be really pretty. So, so we may do some, do some demo work this weekend and start like stripping shit out of that house. My, I think I lost you. Talking about demoing out of house anyway, nothing too fun. I mean, fun for me, but. Yeah. It, it demos, you know, if you don't have to do too much of it, it's fun. It's fun in small doses, especially if you have some like anger you want to take out on stuff. I uh, I was telling you before the, the show that, yeah, right out of college, I did some demolition with a buddy of mine, you know, like some realtor lady was like, yeah, like I need you to like take out this bathroom or this kitchen. The worst was pulling up carpet. Oh my God, that was the fucking worst. And this carpet was like stapled every six fucking inches all the way throughout this fucking house. But yeah, if you get to like take a sledgehammer or something, uh, you put on a podcast, put on pedaling fiction, and then just take a fucking sledgehammer to everything. Pretend they're the like IRS. for me, the the carpet, uh, the carpet is really kind of. Uh, uh, I like doing carpet. Like if you get if you get the right kind of a ripping tool to like pull the carpet back, then you just like you're just peeling it back, and it's it's kind of uh, it's kind of satisfying just to watch these giant pieces of carpet just peel up uh, uh, maybe i'm a maybe i'm a weirdo uh maybe i just got a really rough carpet to deal with because we couldn't do that <laughs> i had to like take a fucking like screwdriver and like pry up all these like staples on these stairs it was fucking miserable <laughs> oh yeah if you did stairs that that is a fucking nightmare yeah um and that was before the day like that was before podcasting was really big so there wasn't really a lot of podcasts to listen to certainly nothing as good as this show um but yeah we'd listen to like sports talk you know <laughs> bottle and sylvie chicago talk about the bear like com- just complain about the bears fucking training camp quarterback i mean if you're a bears fan do you really have anything to do other than complain nope nope that is what we are <laughs> that's all we're good at really and uh yeah there's bears cubs socks and uh that's about it i don't know go ahead and uh let's wrap up here on that follow us on twitter at pedal fiction become a supporting listener of the show and join us in about three hours not four hours four hours from now go to pedalingfictionpodcast.com and set up a recurring monthly donation for any denomination you want and you can uh, come hang out with us you know a, a couple people were like 
that, that have qualified for it. They're like, oh, I don't drink. And I was like, you don't have to drink. It's not like, that's not a requirement. A lot of times I'm almost the only one drinking. <laughs> it's I'll, I'll be on from work. I'm, it's a, uh, even though it's a, ho- it's a holiday for us. It's a working holiday, which isn't bad. I get paid extra, but uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah so I'll be, I'll be joining from work. Getting together and, you know, shooting the breeze, talking a little bit. Um, sometimes, some people are a little more overserved than others, but for the most part, it's just, you know, people getting together and, and hanging out for a few hours. And so even if you don't drink that, don't be afraid to uh, hop on and hang out. So if you guys do all of that, Oh, and then the, the merchandise store, I gotta do a better job of plugging this. Cause I spent way too much fucking time trying to get these like cellulita things up there. So the site is T public it's T public.com. And then it's like, you know, forward slash pedaling dash fiction. I'll link to it again in the description. I posted on the private Facebook group. I'll put it on Twitter and stuff like that, but yeah, you can go get merch and you can put it on anything. So that you'll see like a bunch of designs. And then if you want a t-shirt, you can put on a t-shirt, you put on a hoodie, you can put it on a, a coffee cup, tote bags, pins, bumper stickers you name it even masks they got masks up there so put put something on a mask and then give it to one of your friends to to wear on the airplane until this uh mandate is up i put some real funny ones on there if you want to make like if you want to actually give it to like one of your like really covid happy friends and uh, do it as a joke or something like that but also if you have any ideas for stuff you'd like to see on on merchandise Hit me up on Twitter, join the private Facebook group, post something in there, and I'll I'll see what I can do because I'm always looking for for new ideas for that. But yeah, go check that out. Get yourself some merch, support our sponsors, and blah 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 blah. Do all that for us. We'll be back on Tuesday with a brand new episode for you. Have a nice weekend. Happy Easter, everybody. Happy Good Friday. And um, yeah, until then, just keep on peddling that so-called fiction. Peace.